Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. Being successful at happy and healthy living can feel very overwhelming, especially under stressful life changes. Everywhere you turn, it seems there's contradictory information about what you should and shouldn't eat, different types of tools and practices you must include in your daily life, and how much exercise is too much or not enough. Even with the best of intentions and a decent amount of knowledge, getting and staying healthy can be a stressful endeavor. Our guest today, Lisa Luton, has committed herself and her work to helping people find the ease in happy and healthy living. Lisa is a healthy living and mindfulness coach and author of the award-winning book, Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, and host of the popular podcast, The Healthy View. She helps highly successful go-getters develop strategies for successful, healthy living. Her work has been featured in many publications, including for us here at Worthy. I'm so happy to have you here with me today, Lisa. Thank you for joining me and the Worthy community. I am so excited to be here today with you. Start with sharing with our community who you are, the work that you do, because I've had the pleasure of getting to know you a little bit, so I'm excited for them to get to know you. Well, I'm so excited to get to know all of you, too. I was really thinking about this question, who am I, not what do I do? And I realized that I'm a very curious and introspective woman who likes to find answers to my own life questions. And then when I figured out, all I want to do is share it with everybody else (laughs) and help others with their struggles, like helping them along the journey. I'm just a few steps ahead. So that's really who I am. Um, What I do is I'm a coach. I help people with healthy living and mindfulness and overall life coaching. And it's, it's hard to say exactly what that is, because as we know, life hits us in so many crazy random ways. But what I've learned is it's never about one thing. It's always about a lot of things. And getting to the heart of what's underneath those things is the challenge that I love to help people figure out. I love that. First of all, I love the way you answered the question, who are you? I love that because you took a whole other way of defining yourself, which is amazing. And I love that. Thank you for doing that. No, my pleasure. And so... I'll tell you guys a little bit about my story of how I ended up doing what I'm doing. It's it's not your typical kind of story. I started out in my early 20s starting a, a software company. You know? wow. And that was like 30 something years ago when it wasn't really cool to be starting tech companies. And I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't eating right. I was working crazy hours. And in that time, I got married and I had babies. And And not surprisingly, in my early 30s, I crashed and burned. And the more I talk to women, the more I hear how common this story is, really, Mm -hmm. of just collapsing. And for me, it was kind of this really scary, terrifying time in my life where everything that I ever knew to be true was not true anymore. And I think that's a very similar thing to divorce in that way. But it's like all of a sudden you kind of hit a wall. And so that was my wall in my life where everything I had been taught about who I was and how to handle stress and everything came into question. And I went into like a really deep, dark hole trying to figure out what went wrong and how to make it right. 
And a very, very long story short is after a few years of living in that deep, dark hole, I took matters into my own hands and I started realizing that to get through this, I had to count on myself. And I started just really paying attention to me for the first time in my life and what my body needed, what my mind needed, what my soul needed to be okay in the world. And that at that time, it looked like food and exercise and meditation and thoughts. And I just became my own human guinea pig. And Mm. and fast forward years later, I went back to school and I started helping other women. And I do think everything is an investigation because you're not like everyone else. And you have to figure out what makes you tick and what's going to make you thrive. You know, I I love that you're saying that. And I want to just stop you there because... That is kind of what gets overwhelming, right? About health and wellness and trying to figure out, you know, what are you supposed to do? There's because there's so much information out there and so much of it is contradictory. Yep. And it's like, you know, this is good for you. But then the next day someone comes out and says, it's absolutely awful for you. Stop doing it. Right. Or this is too much exercise. This is not enough. Like there's just constant contradiction in this world. And so I love what you're saying about being your own, you know, your own guinea pig and and really tuning into experimenting on yourself. And, you know, that's kind of my question, like, how do people begin to sift through all the information to figure out what they should do for themselves? Well, first, I want to say, if you're confused, you should be. And if not confused, you should be confused because it is really confusing. I have had the benefit of having a few years of interviewing many, many, many experts on my own podcast in health and wellness. And the truth of the matter is that you can find an expert to support one thing and another expert to actually 100% contradict that and support something else. And they all have the research and the study and they're all passionate and they all mean really well. So it's not even like they're trying to deceive you. So the, the, the truth is that there is a lot of information out there. We just still don't know. We don't, we don't know. So you have to kind of use common sense you know, that certain things are not going to be good for you. Like if you think about it, why would soda be good for you? Right. Other things, you know, you start having to listen to your body. Like let's take dairy, for example, you know, some people think dairy is a devil and some people it's like, they can't imagine life without it. It feels so good. And so that's a situation where I'll say, let's see how your body likes dairy. Like, how do we feel? Let's take it out and bring it back in and see how your body responds. And that's, some people are fine and some people they start farting and they're bloated Yeah, the reaction is, Oh, I'll take a pill, but no, (laughs) like your body doesn't like it. Like don't take a pill so that your body can like it. Like listen to your body. And I'm a really big believer in that way of approaching just about everything. You know, that is a really powerful tip. And I know it seems so simple, but I think sometimes we don't even realize it. You know, like if it feels good, then it's probably okay. But if it doesn't feel good, stop doing it. Yeah. It might be a a mental not feel good. Like if you find always beating yourself up after eating ice cream, well, you've taken all the joy from the ice cream. Yes. Yeah. So it's not the sugar and fat that's the problem. It's the mental piece. So you've got to decide 
you know, is this something that's doing working for me or not? Yeah, I love that. And you and it's like what you said before, this ripple effect, how, you know, everything sort of affects each other, right? So it's like, if you're working in this one area, you know, it's it's really having this ripple effect on your whole life. So emotionally, if the ice cream doesn't feel good when you eat it emotionally, that's going to ripple out into other areas of your life. 100%. And you know, something that's so interesting is I take a really different view at um, health and happiness than many other people do. Um, For example, if someone's very in a really dark place in their life, you know, really down, really stuck, Mm -hmm. you know, the natural thought might be, okay, I'm going to go talk to someone, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I look at their diet, because there's more and more every single day about the connection of the gut biome and the mental state. And if you are eating crappy food, it's, it literally can add to your anxiety and depression almost instantaneously. And so even simply by cleaning up what you're eating can change your mental state faster than any therapist or coach, including me, you know, so there are a lot of powerful tools that people don't realize are tools. Yeah. I love that. And I, I've noticed that with myself too, you know, just the fogginess, the inability to focus sometimes if my diet, you know, if I, if I drift off, if I'm eating something that doesn't work for my body and it is almost instantaneous when you kind of get that out. Yeah. It's hard. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not hard, No. But it's, you do it even for a short time. You can see that your mental state is not always, or most of the time, not based on the situation that you're in. It's yeah. really based on other things. And it's quite fascinating when you start having a toolkit of things to help you through these stressful times that are not things you might've thought would help you. Yes. So let's talk about the stressful times, right? Because I think sometimes when we're stressed out, you know, a lot of our listeners are going through, you know, big life events like a divorce or some sort of transition in their life. And the first thing that can go sometimes are those things like healthy food, exercise, good sleep. So you know, let's kind of chat about that and why it's so important, especially during those times. I think it's a great point. So there's a great quote by Buddha that I love. Uh Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So we're all going to go through pain. Nobody is really spared. You know, we don't go through it at the same time, but most of us at different times in our life, we're going to have really tough situations to go through. And so we need to be prepared for these times and they will keep coming. So the part about pain, yes, it'll be there, but suffering, of course, we're going to suffer somewhat, but the degree to which we suffer, we do have some control over. And those lifestyle habits that we were just talking about are exactly the things that will help us minimize the suffering. So at first, when we're in these things, we're like, oh, you know, we we start emotional eating, we start feeling sorry for ourselves, we start doing all those things. And if we can catch ourselves pretty quickly and go, oh, this is making me feel worse, let me take care of what I can, 
we can avoid a lot of the day-to-day suffering, you know, and the other thing is we have this notion that we're supposed to be happy all the time. And that is so ridiculous. Like nobody is supposed to be happy all the time, but we're happy when we're happy. And we, we are afraid when we're sad, Mm. we're afraid that we're going to fall down into a dark hole, never come out. And so what I would recommend is try just being with the sadness in a way that this is very normal and welcoming the sadness in the same way that we welcome the happiness and go, this is the flow of life. This is all good. We learn from this. We can be with this. It will not destroy us. You know, I love what you're saying. I mean, just that acceptance, right? The acceptance of what life just is, which is there's some happy stuff. There's some sad stuff. There's some, you know, all along that spectrum. And it just, it comes, it goes and just being with it and accepting it. And recognizing, you know, life doesn't always work. Life often doesn't work out the way we thought it was going to. But Mm -hmm. the journey is quite fascinating. And if we go at it with curiosity, like, isn't this interesting that things didn't work out the way I thought they would? Isn't this interesting that I am a devastated mess that doesn't want to get out of bed and wants to eat ice cream all day long, right? And we, we don't have to judge ourselves. We can just look at it and go, wow, this is super fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I love that. Curiosity. Curiosity about all of it and kindness and gentleness and self-forgiveness and just saying, yeah, I'm in a crappy place right now. Isn't this fascinating? You know, and what can we learn from this? And knowing you will get through it. There is another side. And it might take a short time. It might take a medium time. It might take a long time. But on the other side, you're going to come out and grow, 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 grow so much from this. So it's it's so important during these times because it really, you know, determines and it's in your control, really, and in your power. Like you said, it determines your pain versus the amount of suffering that you're going to give yourself, really. Totally. Yeah. I like it put in that terms. I mean, total like ownership, self-responsibility, you know, just, you know, master of your domain. I love that. Yeah. And there's one other piece I want to share. And that is like the concept of meditation. And this is a, a a way of looking at meditation. You might not have looked at it before, but that whole concept of meditation brings you to the moment, right? And mm-hmm. so when we're in a stressful time in our life, we, we look at it like, everything is horrible. You know, like every moment of every day is just, we're in misery. But the truth is that just like grief or happiness, sadness and pain and stress comes in waves. And if we can be more present in the moment, there are moments of joy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even in the, in the sadness, there are little moments of joy. And if we're not present and aware, we're going to miss those moments. And we need those moments because those are the moments that remind us about life on the other side. So really being as present and not, you know, getting into the story of doom and gloom and my life is never going to be okay. Like literally being with it and recognizing that there are going to be some little happy times, even within the sadness. You know, I'm reminded as you're saying that, and I'll share a personal experience when my father was in the hospital and very, very ill before he passed. 
I was so sad, devastatingly sad. He got sick, you know, unexpectedly. And those months were, they were awful. But I remember, I remember specifically just being in these moments of joy as well. And being, like you said, the curiosity, I was kind of in awe of myself that I could be so sad yet still feel that joy. It was so beautiful. And it's exactly what you were saying, because no matter what you're going through, there was so much, you know, my father was was dying, but there was so much beauty there. There was so much joy there for us and in that moment from that perspective. Yeah. And I think that when we are in a situation like that, particularly when someone's ill, you know, we're so clear on our purpose. Yeah. Like we know exactly where we're supposed to be there is no conflict at all yeah like, I want to be with that person and I think that their life becomes almost more clear you know exactly where you're supposed to be what's important and there's no conflicts yeah I absolutely I can relate to that so beautiful so you talk about designing life in a way that really just makes happy and healthy living easy takes away the overwhelm so kind of explain that to us and how you go about doing that. Well, I think you have to first start with what are your particular non-negotiables? You know, for me at a very young age, I decided that I needed to go to the gym, like to smile. It wasn't about losing weight. That was something that was really important. And so even through my years of having young kids or work meetings, I always scheduled my workout in my day. And that was a non-negotiable for me. Now for you, it might be something else. It might be a walk in the woods. It might be, you know, like talking to someone on the phone, whatever. But I would start with what are your non-negotiables? And then work up from there and, you know, ask yourself, like, what replenishes you? Hmm. You know, for some people, you know, we talk about self-care all the time. And I know a lot of people have different definitions. I look at it as what's going to fill the cup back up, you know, and I don't look at it as getting a manicure. Like, that doesn't really fill the cup, <laughs> yeah. but, you know. But it might be as something as simple as like making a cup of tea and sitting and looking out a window or a fire, like whatever it is that replenishes you. And then, you know, who are you taking care of? You know, what kind of work are you doing? And hopefully you're on that list, you know, of being up there on the totem pole. And what is fun? It, it really changes for you at different stages in life. You know, I often ask women like in their 40s and 50s and 60s, like, what's fun? And I, I get blank stares because so much of the time we've been taking care of kids and taking care of pets and taking care of parents. We don't even remember what fun is anymore mm. for us. So, you know, yeah. you get to do this. It's our, it's our only chance at this. So hopefully like when you take the journey of, of looking at this stuff in a, in a good, positive, healthy way, the journey is really fun. It doesn't have to be all dreary and hard. It's like, oh, I get to design a life that works for me now. Not that worked for me 10 years ago, but for right now where I am. Yeah. Designing your life is so much more enticing and inviting than thinking of it as in terms of like a diet or like restrictions, right? I feel like sometimes it's talked about in a restrictive way and you're doing it completely <laughs> opposite. I love it. Everything, you know, even when it comes to your food, like if you feel deprived, it's not going to work. Yeah. You, know, you need to, everything is setting yourself up for success. And when we find foods that make us feel good and usually healthy foods are the ones that do that. 
we're nourishing ourselves. We're giving ourselves wonderful gifts. And that feels great. That doesn't, that's not about deprivation. Mm -hmm. So everything comes down to mindset and, and turning it into what is going to feel good. And, and this is where, you know, when I started, I said, I went through these struggles myself and I had to figure it out in a way that made sense to me. And I studied and I studied and I struggled and I worked and I coached and, and I finally, I was like, wait a minute, like diets don't work. There's someone else's plan. You mm -hmm. need your plan. You know, yeah. if you want yeah. it to last for a long time, you need to make your own. It's not going to work. Yeah. At least over the long term, maybe short term, but not long term. Exactly. Exactly. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. So let's kind of break some of this down a little bit into like smaller pieces for everybody into different areas of life. So what are your top tips, let's say, for people who need to slow down and get some stress off of them, you know, de-stress themselves? Okay. So I, I work with so many women that come to me and they go, you know, I know I'm supposed to slow down. I know I'm <laughs> supposed to do all this. I don't know how. I can't do it. And I get it because I used to be, and I still am basically a type A person, but I have found ways to do this that work for me. So I would say if, if you resonate with that, start with just breathing. Like I know meditation is the, is the, uh, the goal, but that's, that's too much for people sometimes to start with, you know? So if you start with even taking like a couple of deep breaths, like just close your eyes and take maybe three deep breaths a couple of times a day, that is doing so much for you that you don't even know. And I'm going to tell you mm -hmm. what that's doing for you. So we are walking around in stress mode all the time. It's not even like we're being chased by the tiger. It's like the tiger is literally crawling behind us at every moment of our life. You know, <laughs> you know it's like literally we are living with that tiger. What an image. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a state of chronic stress mode. And when that happens, our bodies think that we're going into famine. They think that we're going into danger. And, you know, it wreaks havoc on our digestive systems, our immune systems, because our hormones are completely out of whack with all that. So even just taking deep breaths throughout the day lets our bodies know that we're not in danger and that our bodies have permission to function properly. And that alone, adding deep breathing to your day can change your life. Just that one thing. Thank you for the, uh, just giving us the reasoning behind it. I think people are told that all the time, breathe, take deep breaths, take a couple yeah. breaths here, but that's really helpful to understand why you're doing that. And even having that image, you know, sometimes visualizing along with that 
deep breathing, like you're getting that tiger off your back, right? Like that is powerful. (laughs) That is really powerful. Sorry. So go ahead. (laughs) No, no, literally. I think it's, it's really huge. Um, I think that, you know, breathing and meditation and all that are so wonderful. I teach them. I love them, but I think they're confusing to Mm -hmm. why we're supposed to do it. People think, oh, meditation will help me relax. But that's not what meditation is really for. Meditation is teaching us to be where we are here and now. Yeah. And dealing with whatever comes our way. That no matter what life hands us, we can deal with it. Because when we're in the moment, we can deal with it without the sadness of what our life was supposed to be and not the fear of what our life is going to be right now, right here, we can handle it. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's like just truly being able to respond instead of react. Yeah, it's about it's about being able to deal with it. And I think that so much of the time when we are in these super stressful times, the fear component is so huge. Mm-hmm. And that's why many people I work with, anxiety and fear is underlying a lot of stuff. And we have to get to that. We have to look at that. And then we need tools to work with that. So that's a biggie. Yeah. But the other thing that I was going to say, another real tip is get support. You know, when you go through these things, it's so hard. And, you know, for women, especially like we, we need to connect with Mm. other people. Like we are not, we can get through these things alone. I know we're strong, we're warriors, all that stuff, but we do better connecting with, especially with other women. And so if you have friends that are supportive, I know not all friends are that great, but find the ones or relatives or coaches or therapists or healers, like try them and see what works, see who you connect with. And, you know, find that person or people that resonate for you and can help you through this because it is a journey and you need the right, the right support team. Yeah. And it is, it is an act of courage. I think not only to ask for the help, but to allow yourself to receive it. You know, it can be, it can be hard for us as women. I think we are really kind of conditioned to carry the world on our shoulders. You know, I love that you said that, Jen, because I remember I was running a group once and I asked like every woman in the room, like, how many of you love to help a friend? And everybody's like, their hands are up. And I go, how many of you have an easy time accepting help from a friend? Like not one one hand came up. And then I said, well, how would it feel to you if you knew that by you accepting help from that friend, you were making them feel really good? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it does feel good when somebody says yes to your offer to help, when you get to help somebody, especially somebody you love and care for. We love to help, and we're all so afraid to ask for help. And I think that, you know, in this society that we live in, socioeconomically, we're richer than ever before, but that's brought problems with it. Like, we don't need to go to the neighbor to ask for sugar or an egg. You know, we have it delivered the right. next day or that day. Yeah. You know, we don't ask our friends to babysit our kids. We hire a babysitter. We don't. And, you know, so, so many things that literally brought us together as a tribe and a community those things aren't there anymore. And we need to bring those things back. We need to have greater connection and greater support amongst women. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it all just starts with us. You know, be a friend, help a friend, and rely on a friend. 
I love that. So how about top tips for developing a better relationship with food and lifestyle? So I think, you know, a lot of it is watch your languaging, you know, food isn't good or bad. Food is food, you know, like we demonize it, but the truth is there's room in your diet for most things. Some things you're going to have more often and some things you're going to have less often. And hopefully you can have the healthy things more often. So when we take away the guilt and the shame and the judgment, and we just look at things the way they are, you start developing a much better relationship with food. And the same goes, you know, with exercise. It's like, all right, you know, does it have to be, you know, this many calories and this VO2 max, or is it just moving your body in lots of different ways that feel really good, Mm -hmm. you know, and pushing yourself because you're an animal and an animal needs to exercise in the world, you know? And so there's, there's so many ways to just take the stress out of it and get back to, you know, I do like that whole animal analogy, actually, like we need basic things. We forget we are animals. We need to eat. We need to move. We need to be with other animals. We need to, you know, honor that we're human. Yeah. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be even that great. We just have to be good enough. (laughs) We just need the simple, those basic things. Exactly. You know, we're all trying to do the best we can. And if we can have compassion for ourselves and compassion for the people around us and recognize everyone's just trying to make it through the day the best they can. Yeah. And like, let's just kind of come together and help each other through this. I love the freedom and what you do. Well, how you do what you do. Because it's it's so interesting as you're speaking. I've never thought of it this way, but Within all the things that we're supposed to do to keep ourselves healthy and strong, we find a way to really make those stressful and box ourselves in, right? Like I have, like you said, I have to do this many minutes and this many calories and I have to weigh this amount of food and, you know, all these sort of restrictions that make it another chore or another stress or another overwhelming thing in our life. Whereas what what you're really putting out there and teaching is to let that go and to just let yourself have some fun with just giving yourself these things that we, you know, the simple things that we really do need. Exactly. Like I'll share a little story. This, this guy, a friend of mine, he said, I am so disciplined and I go to the gym every single day. And I said, oh, that's so interesting. I'm, you know, quite relaxed and I go to the gym every day, you know, (laughs) you know, and it was just kind of this like whole thing. Like, you know, when we create healthy habits, they don't have to be painful. Yeah, they can feel good. They can be like, you know, helping us, not hurting us. And if they are really hurting you and you are hating them, I'm sorry, honey, that's not the right habit for you. Yeah, it really does have to feel good. You know, I I was recently talking to somebody who was like, and and I go to the gym almost every day. And they were like, why are you training for something? And I was like, no, I go because it feels good. It makes me happy. I feel sad when I don't get to go because I just enjoy it. Right. And the rest is kind of, you know, was the cherry on top. Right. But it's the enjoyment of it. And I love that because somewhere along the way, like this message came out that you go to the gym solely to like to burn calories of that you ate. Yeah. You know, and it's like we lost the joy of movement. Yeah. And just the, what you said, you go because it makes you happy. And it's the same for me. Like I feel better. I smile like after I work out, it feels fun. 
And like the the little fun toys in the gym, I feel like I'm in the, like a little toy store sometimes. Like, yeah. oh, what's, <laughs> so let's play. And it's play, you know? And so I think that we really do have to look at like the messaging out there and just honor who are you and what is going to be okay in your life. And, and, you know, sometimes you do need some, somebody on the outside to point these things out because you can't see the forest from the trees, like, and even realize that you're doing that to yourself anymore. Absolutely. I think we're the hardest on ourselves, right? I mean, by far. Totally, totally. Before we, we end, cause we're kind of coming to the end here, but you know, let's just kind of talk about that negativity that most of us do kind of put on ourselves and show our own selves. And how do we get past that? Because I think sometimes somehow that has become natural for us to be hard on ourselves and negative to ourselves. It's very true. And I'm not going to say that's easy. I think that's the hardest part, you know, for many women that I work with is developing self-love. We are constantly comparing ourselves to media and social media and and everything. And we're looking at our bodies and we're hating them. And it's, it's very sad because the truth of the matter is that these are our little earth suits. And these are, you know, what really matters is what's inside of the body, you know, our soul, who we are. Are we kind? Are we good people? And we put so much emphasis on the exterior, you know, mm. what we look like and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, the road to compassion, again, starts with slowing down and honoring and accepting and forgiving, forgiving ourselves for not being what we think we're supposed to be. And, and there is a journey in there, but loving kindness and, you know, mothering ourselves, I think is really the answer. We would never, we would never speak to a baby the way that we speak to ourselves. Yeah. I I like to um, guide clients sometimes to, you know, if they can't do that, you know, just through visualization to picture themselves as a five-year-old, as a seven-year-old, you know, what did they look like? A memory, what they're wearing and have that little one sit on your, on your lap. And would you talk to her and say those things to her in the way you're saying them to yourselves? And usually that, that can help you begin to rework that language and how you're approaching yourself. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. So last thing, top um, strategies for success for our listeners? Well, I think the top strategies are what I, I, I'm going to repeat things that I said earlier. You know, I would say number one is slow down, you know, slow down, breathe, listen to your body. We're very used to listening to our mind and our mind is a little cuckoo. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. But our bodies know what's really going on. Our bodies tell us the truth. Our body, And so when we learn how to make that mind-body connection and really understand what our body is telling us, there's a lot of wisdom in there. So that's one thing. And what I said earlier also, get support. You know, you're going through a rough time. You don't need to go through this alone. There are a lot of people out there who will be there to hold your hand through this journey and love you through it. And I think that that is one of the most important things, not feeling alone. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here, for your time, for your heart. Really, really grateful for you coming on. Oh, thanks, Jen. I feel like I could talk all day to you. I know, I know. (laughs) So much to cover. I know. I was uh, 
looking at the time and couldn't believe how long we've gone. So where can our listeners follow up with you after today? So the easiest place where all my information is on my website, and that's www.healthyhappyandhip.com. You can get all my social media info there, get my newsletter, have some free gifts on there. And please, if you have any questions, please reach out. And I'd love to, I'd love to talk to all of you. Do it. She's amazing. <laughs> I've been poking around and you and I have had some conversations offline. And so I know you really are a wealth of information and uh, a beautiful guiding system. So well, thank you. All right, worthy people. Thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful day. We will see you next week. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcastworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.